Welcome to A Bit Beyond, a mini-podcast from the makers of Beyond Bechdel. I'm your host, Contrera, and I'm bringing you this podcast from the long, hot summer of 2018. The papers can't stop talking about the last time there was a long, hot summer of this nature, particularly in the UK, which was in 1976. And it made me think, while recording this episode, whether there's any value to looking back at things from 40 years ago, and whether they have any significant impact on the future. Nick and I took it upon ourselves to review some films and TV shows from many moons ago and compare them with modern versions given that we live in a world that is full of updating existing IP and very few brand new ideas. And we'll be bringing you a number of pods that compare the material to see if anything has changed or improved for women in the intervening years. But all young ladies are accomplished. They sing, they draw, they dance, speak French and German, cover screens and I know not what. There are not half a dozen who would satisfy my notion of an accomplished woman. Oh, certainly. No woman can be really esteemed accomplished who does not also possess a certain something in her air, in the manner of walking, in the tone of her voice, her address and expressions. And to all this, she must yet add something more substantial. In the improvement of her mind by extensive reading. I'm no longer surprised at you knowing only six accomplished women, Mr. Darcy. I rather wonder at you knowing any. You are very severe upon your sex, Miss Bennet. I must speak as I find. And now for the usual bad news. A report called Inequality in 1,100 Popular Films, examining portrayals of gender, race, ethnicity, LGBT and disability from 2007 to 2017, was released recently from an institute called the USC Annenberg and the Annenberg Foundation, which are part of the journalism school at the University of Southern California in America. The bad news is that there haven't been significant changes to inequality in films in the last 10 years. Uh, I'll give you some example facts. The prevalence of female speaking characters across this uh, more than 1,000 films in percentage. In 2012, it was 28.4% of female speaking characters in, the f- in all films. Um, this rises slightly in 2015 to 31.4%. And in 2017, it's 31.8%. So to me, that is an upwards trajectory, but that still means that 69.2%, if I have my maths correctly, of speaking characters in films are male. So that's back to our usual one in three. And in fact, the paper says 2.3 ratio of males to females across their thousand films that they're watching. And I suppose that means that there are quite a few female characters on screen that aren't saying anything. And there's more of the films that had a lead or co-lead that were female. Only four of them were from underrepresented ethnicities and only five of them were women aged over 45. So we can see that there's definitely discrimination at work there. 
There are some other fascinating statistics that arise from this study. One of them that I'm very surprised about was that 42.9% um, of the speaking roles in comedy films went to women, which is interesting because does it mean that people are finally realising that women can be funny or are the women acting as the straight man or should I say straight woman to a funny co-lead or are they the butt of jokes? I don't know but this seems like a positive outcome in the ongoing debate about whether women can be funny. Another key topic that we're interested in on Beyond Bechtel is the intersectionality between the different types of discrimination and the report goes into great detail on that. For example, um, of the top 100 films of last year, 2017, 81 had no LGBT characters, so 81%, and of those LGBT characters, 67.7% of white. So if you are non-white and non-straight, it's a very, very low chance that the most watched films in the world will include character who represents how you live your life. In our last full podcast, I interviewed Courtney Hodgkiss, who is a writer and also suffers from a disability, and I think she's going to be quite disappointed with the results of the report in terms of disability on screen. Only 2.5% of all characters, male or female, with speaking parts on screen in these 1,100 films had a disability and the vast majority of them had a physical disability which means something that you can actually see on screen and is probably a butt of jokes or is referred to in the film so not good news it won't come as any surprise to know that the vast majority more than 70 percent of all the films had speaking parts given to white actors and actresses but I did find some good news when I recently went to the cinema to watch Ant-Man and the Wasp. Something that has definitely been gaining greater popularity in discussion in the film world relates to the role of Asian characters and Asian directors in the mainstream cinema. There were five trailers before the film and the first one was for The Meg. There's a monster outside. It was the largest shark that ever existed. Which stars Lee Bingbing in a prominent role, which was really lovely to see. And then the next trailer straight after this was for a film called Searching, which stars John Cho and Michelle La. And here is a quick snippet of an interview that Michelle gave at the Asian Film Festival this year, talking about her experiences of being an Asian actress and how things may be changing for the better. I 
name is Michelle Law, and I am here because I play Margot in the film Searching. What about festival stands out to you? The film already premiered at Sundance, and now you're at another festival. I think the fact that it is a celebration of Asian American and you know culture in in media, I think it's just such a, it's such a hot discussion in Hollywood and among actors of my type. Like it's just something we talk about a lot, and um, it, I think it's cool because what stands out is it increases and continues the discussion and hopefully um, towards progress, towards change, and I think that's a worthwhile cause. Have you noticed any change in recent years? It's hard to say. I've been at this for two and a half years now, and I want to say yes, but that's just my perception. You know, it's also with just time that I've been in this industry and working, so yeah. I think there has been. I think the fact that people are willing to talk about it and is, is good. Yeah. Then when I got to the main event and watched Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I highly enjoyed, it had a number of female characters in it who did interact with one another, although mostly Evangeline Lilly's uh, Hope, who plays the Wasp, um, interacted only with male characters, so we can't have it all. But uh, Randall Park plays a ridiculous cop in the film, which means that I went to the cinema and I saw two trailers in a row with Asian characters, including Asian women, and then I watched a film which had a main part given to an Asian actor. So I will take that as a positive step in the right direction. I don't think I've ever had that experience before. Thanks for listening to A Bit Beyond with me, Contrera. We'll be back to a more regular schedule in the next couple of weeks with some interviews, interesting information, and always trying to put forward the cause for film and feminism. To play us out, let's listen to Beyond the Sea in honour of next week's The Meg. Thank you. Goodbye. Till next time. Fly like birds on high, then straight to her arms.